Live from Miami, Florida, it's the Zach Ballinger Show, where we help you find your direction through passion and purpose. My name is Zach Ballinger. I am your host. Thank you guys so much for joining the show today. We've got a really special guest. Before we get started, if you've got any questions, feel free to email them, Zach at ZachBallinger.com. You guys can always email me throughout the week if we've got different guests coming up that you want to ask questions to, as well as we are streaming live via YouTube. So if you've got questions there, pop them into the comment box. We'll make sure to ask Mark those questions. Mark, without further ado, thank you so much for joining the show today. Zach, thank you for having me. So uh, just kind of want to jump right in here. What is it exactly you do for uh, your career and what's your title? And can you explain a little bit about it? I have so much fun every day working with people who want to grow and protect their wealth in ways that are sane and predictable. And we specialize in helping people become their own source of financing. Uh, my title is Certified Financial Planner Professional. Uh, we work and operate out of a financial firm that I started with my wife about 10 years ago here in Chicago, Illinois. We work with clients all across the United States. Awesome. And then, so you said you did this, done this about 10 years. Now, your education and your uh, background, what do you have to do to become a financial certified financial planner? You have to get so deep into uh, student loan debt that you get desperate to learn about money. That's what I did anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, the official answer there is you take the certified financial planning curriculum and you pass seven different tests, one of which is a keystone cornerstone course and a test that lasts sometimes two days at least. Uh, so it is a massive um, undertaking. It took me about three years to get my CFP. Maybe I'm just dull. Uh, maybe other people could do it faster, I guess. But I took it, you know, in evenings and weekends as I was starting my business because you can be a financial professional without having the designation of CFP or Certified Financial Planner. So our focus uh, blends with the kind of formal training of, hey, I get my uh, financial licenses to be able to operate as a financial professional. And then if you decide to, you can opt into the Certified Financial Planning uh, curriculum which is a totally, usually colleges or universities would offer that as a supplemental to the degree you're getting. Uh, but my personal, I guess, pathway to getting this focus, uh, I did not get a degree in finance. I got it in a totally different part of the world. Uh, ministry uh, was my education and left school with about $120,000 of student loan debt. And I didn't plan on being a pastor, minister, priest, whatever. That wasn't really my calling. It's a great calling for folks, but I just wanted to learn more about my faith and wanted to learn more about uh, you know, what, what kind of life I wanted to live on this side of heaven. So that was why I went through that degree. And I also loved the idea of, of helping develop uh, little communities of faith, but it wasn't going to be a paid for position. So you know what? Uh, groceries still need to get bought after college is out. And Sally Mae still wanted her check. In fact, I kind of jokingly say that um, my wife says, uh, I married two women in college, her and Sally Mae. Uh, so it was sort of that motivation to figure out what do I want to do with my 40 hours a week, so to speak? Uh, what do I want to do with my career, if not uh, ministry, which is what I had my education in? So I got really focused on our personal financial life and getting rid of that debt in the most effective way possible. And that really got me focused on money and finance and what do I want money to do for me and my wife and our financial plan. And hence, we 
started down the track of, hey, if it works for us, these strategies we're discovering work for us, let's go tell other people about it as well. And that's where our financial firm was born. Now, um, back up when we talk about the uh, exam and everything, did does, does the students have to have their four-year degree to be a certified financial planner? Yes. You have okay. to be a college uh, bachelor degree, I think, is required, as well as is it uh, three years of financial planning experience, uh, as well as a number of other gotchas and hoops you have to jump through, certain number of curriculum hours, certain number of, uh, of course, you have to pass the seven tests um, and pay a fee, no doubt, uh, to be a CFP. So all of those things are kind of listed as, as uh, benchmarks to getting that those marks after your name. You kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, but let's circle back. So what are you passionate most about your career? What gets you on fire? What makes you excited about this? It's the transformation and the accomplishments of our clients. Uh, we have the coolest clients in the world. Zach, maybe, um, maybe in the universe. I don't know. Haven't been everywhere yet. But uh, they are so cool in how they are attempting to achieve the sane in an insane world. Uh, too much, uh, too much of the time, our financial strategies are built on insanity. Is my personal opinion. And so, what if you could create uh, financial strategies that offered sanity, predictability, uh, and you owned and controlled the outcome before you even started? To me, that makes a lot of sense, and we can really build a plan around that. Go figure. Uh, whereas, you know, most 401ks, IRAs are built on things that we cannot access or control. Uh, and that leaves us feeling scared or anxious. In fact, there's a uh, journal, uh, uh, the Journal of American Medical Association, JAMA, wrote an article called The Wealth Shock. And it's a medical term for when people lose money in the market or just in general. If they lose money 10%, if you just lost 10% of your money in the market, you have a 2x and almost 3x likelihood of having a heart attack uh, after that wealth shock. Uh, so I don't think that's the right way to go personally. So we're looking at ways that help people build wealth in ways that are sane and predictable. And uh, we specialize in helping people become their own source of financing. So, you know, operating where you buy your own cars from your own source of financing or helping send your kid to college without using Sally Mae. Uh, so that's some of the things that get me out of bed in the morning. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. On the flip side, some professionals struggle with this question. Others can name it on the top of their head. But uh, what's something that is a downside or is it kind of difficult about your career or something you may not like or something that gets in the weeds or anything you can think of off the top of your head? Well, there's a lot of um, important regulations that come with the financial universe. And I say important because there's always a bad actor. Usually it's sort of like, sort of like those uh, high fences you see on the side of highways. It's because somebody threw some trash on some car over on an overpass two years ago. And now all of us have to look at those ugly fences over the highway. Somebody was a doofus with somebody else's brokerage account. And now all of us have to follow a, maybe an arcane rule uh, that would be, I'd say, again, it's an important thing to have regulations to protect people's money. And yet sometimes you'll find 
these rules somewhat onerous and in the way of helping your clients achieve your financial goals. So be ready. I would say if you're considering this as a career path, you must be a conscientious individual, meaning you have to be ready and willing to follow the rules and also to make sure that you're giving your clients the very best uh, in the way of integrity. And that's that cannot be overlooked. Awesome. And then, you know, I always encourage people in my latest new book is to do perceptorships and to do job shadowing if they think that's a career that they want to do. So let's do a little bit of virtual job shadowing with you right now. So let's say that we follow you around for a week. Um, and I know it's difficult for professionals to always say, what do we do in a typical day? Cause that changes daily. But if you had to take us through a typical day, I woke up with Mark and we started work, got coffee, and then we left the office. What does a typical day look like for you? It is such a flexible job that I can be sitting in my home office and talk with folks. Just got off the phone with someone in, uh, Illinois. I'll speak later with somebody in California, speaking with someone later in Atlanta, Georgia, somebody later today in Texas, somebody in Alaska, all from the comfort of my own home. I get to meet with people from various backgrounds and careers, uh, all meeting similar but very unique challenges and uh, helping them achieve their milestones. Uh, it's phone calls, t- talk time, Zoom time, you know, stuff like we're doing right now. And it's a chance for us to meet people. We're doing a membership site where we have all of our clients uh, on a membership site where they can meet each other, not just me, but meet each other as well and talk about how they're helping their their uh, business get off the ground or invest in real estate or get ready for their retirement. So we're contributing content. Usually there's some writing or some video casts that we're building or doing or working on each week or each day. Uh, it's it's each day is a little bit different and you have to be a good team player and a good creative problem solver. Uh, I'd, I'd say you'd find a lot of um, purpose and activity in the work you do uh, in this in this profession. So if you're looking for someone to just hand you work every day, you won't be very satisfied with this job. Gotcha. And let's take you back into a time machine now. And we're going to take you back into grade school when you're growing up as a little kid. I might have an idea about this, but uh, maybe way off. Was there a dream career that you always dreamed of being when you were little? I love drawing mazes. So you probably didn't see that coming, I guess. Zach, I did but- <laughs> not see that coming, you know. Grade school, it was. I was going to be the maze guy. I was going to draw mazes for folks and, uh, you know, did that uh, for fun as kind of a side hobby. Uh, but as you get a little older, you go past a maze, uh, maze strategist, whatever, uh, you start coming up with other careers. And I looked at psychology and counseling for a while in high school, got that as one of my early degrees, um, before switching. And I really think there's a lot of psychology. There's a lot of ministry in, in the, the money field, by the way, too. Uh, a lot of tears are shed in those conference rooms people's relationship with each other and with money there. It's not just numbers on a sheet or a spreadsheet, Zach, you know, it's, it's, we're talking deep, real people issues. So you have to be a, uh, I guess, willing at least to peel the onion layers back a little bit and do it in a kind and compassionate way. Uh, So, and help people through the maze. So there you go. I guess I got the best of both worlds. 
you never know how your dreams back in, you know, years ago could align with something, uh, you know, not that you're drawing mazes now, but, you know, just the creativity behind that or how you want to solve problems or you want to help people or you want to get, um, I know it's kind of a cheesy analogy, but have someone start and finish like mm -hmm. a maze. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, now let's talk about your journey when you got to college. You you mentioned that you went into the, the ministry angle first with your four degree. What was your career plan then? And how did it become, how did you transition to a passion and uh, financial planning? That seems so, you know, for me, it seems so, okay, I'm going to be a youth pastor or minister or, you know, whatever. Um, how did you go about doing that? Was it merely saying, well, I need a 40 hour, you know, job, so I need to find something or was it something different? Well, uh, the short story, it took several years for me to sort of mentally take one hat off and put another hat on. But even I got my undergrad in youth ministry and, you know, had in, had visions in my mind at age 20 or whatever to be working at a large church somewhere. And as I really began to think of what that would feel like and kind of the obligations therein, that just wasn't where I wanted to be 25, 40 years from now. Um, the Nothing wrong with it again, but I did not want the employee mindset, although I wasn't sure what I wanted instead. So fast forward, uh, we graduate from, they held me back for grad school. I got my uh, master's of divinity. And I said, all right, I, I have all this uh, kind of, organizational knowledge, how to run a church, whatever, but I don't want to be a pastor. Uh, so what can I do? And so, you know, obviously the next thing I do is I, I get a, a day job working for a property management company. And uh, after I get all these highfalutin degrees, my first day on the job working for this apartment building is to go underneath an elevator and, and get a wet dry vac to, to clean up underneath the elevator, you know, all the you know, whatever rainwater and everything else that had accumulated down there, stuff you don't want to be thinking about. And it really got me thinking closely about, again, you know, who is in control of my two most non-renewable resources, money, and who's in control of my money, and who's in control of my time. And those two questions slowly but surely got me thinking about what kind of work do I want to have? And for me, you know, if you read Kiyosaki's book, Robert Kiyosaki wrote a great book called The Cashflow Quadrant. Slowly but surely, I moved from the employee mindset down to the business owner mindset, uh, starting with the small business owner and then hopefully moving slowly to a, uh, a business owner that, that can really just operate the business. Uh, but I love the day-to-day the -day, one -on one-on-one advisory conversations now with folks where we're having conversations about their dreams and their hopes you know, Zach, I would say in some ways there's more ministry to be had in these conversations around money than I was having, than I personally was having uh, when I was just working in the youth ministry space. And that to me matters tremendously. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a reason why Jesus talks more about money than he does about any other topic besides the kingdom of God. Uh, and regardless of your faith, right, regardless of faith, uh, money is an important topic for one's heart. And uh, it's a great thing. I, I love the, the heart conversations. Uh, that's what I, I guess, back to a previous question, uh, gets me up in the morning. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, what's the difference between a certified financial planner and a financial advisor? 
Hmm. Yeah. Um, have you ever bought a all natural granola bar at the grocery store? I actually have. Yeah, I'm not a very <laughs> all natural person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I eat everything. Good man. Good. <laughs> if 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 it uh, if it has the words all natural, there's no regulation for what that word means. You know, if you if you get organic, that has a specific label with specific criteria that has to be met. But if you just get the words healthy or all natural, these are marketing phrases, not necessarily indicators of quality. And that's okay. You know, you can get whatever you want to get at the grocery store. Uh, but when it comes to your money, you can either have a financial advisor where there is no regulation for what that word means. Uh, and it could be just a salesperson in disguise, or you could get a certified financial planner who works as a fiduciary and most importantly has gone through the rigorous training and has to upkeep his or her current continuing education credits. Um, you know, they put you through quite a, a, a hoop, not just in the first year, but every year for the rest of my life. As long as I'm in this business, I have to be a learner, which I think is a good idea. I mean, not even doctors have to have this sort of continuing ed, which kind of scares me a little bit, to be honest with you, Zach. Um, and, you know, so that would be maybe the biggest distinguishing mark of a CFP. Uh, nothing against, again, I, I operated and worked just fine in the business space before I got my CFP. Think of it almost like uh, extra credit, you know, to really just do the very best for your clients. That's the standard by which you can uh, strive for as you get into this business. Gotcha. And um, so we're going to go to the questions because we did have some that came in. And so the first question that comes in is, um, I'm 18 years old. What's the best investment I can do right now for myself? It doesn't look like a career question, but you're a financial guy, so we'll take it. Um, I'm going to say something that's maybe going to sound cheesy at first, but it will mean the difference between financial ruin and financial success. There's going to be two, two investments. The first is to conquer Parkinson's law, conquer Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law says uh, a luxury enjoyed becomes a necessity and comma uh, expenses rise to meet your income. So what does that mean? It means no matter what career Zach tells you to get in or, or, or introduces you to and that you ultimately get into, expenses, my expenses, yours, will rise to meet your income. And every time you get a pay raise, you're going to find a way to spend that money. That's the idea of Parkinson's law. And probably you'll end up, most, most average Americans spend more than they make. So conquer Parkinson's law. No matter what your income is, you can live on less than you make. That's the biggest and most important thing you can do with your money is to conquer Parkinson's law. The, the second rule, and then I'll hush, is to invest in yourself. You are your greatest investment. Your mind, this four pound knot of neurons in your head, is really what's going to be the best ROI in your portfolio. So the more you can learn, the more you can continually learn, and then never feel like you've arrived, but always be a learner. Uh, the more you can achieve and grow and uh, accomplish. So the best investment is investing in yourself, your health, your education, your fit, your fitness, your relationships, uh, learning about this scary, sometimes odd thing called money and what it does for you. Uh, so that's my kind of woo-woo answer, but it's a really, I think, a true one as I've seen now 1,000 plus conversations with people it's the people who never stopped learning that grew the best and, and got the be best yield on their investments. Gotcha. Uh, 
Thank you for that. And the next question that comes in is, do you sell trade stocks for clients? Oh, good question. Uh, I could. I don't, uh, I don't do that. I have a philosophy where I give the uh, insight, the advice as a certified financial planner. That does not mean you have to have a securities license. And so I don't. Uh, I simply uh, review and give a comprehensive financial analysis to clients and allow them to make decisions on whether or not they want to buy, sell stock or keep their target date fund in their 401k, whatever. Uh, so we offer financial strategies that have nothing to do with Wall Street, but uh, I certainly could if I wanted to get that securities license. And you don't need to be a CFP to sell securities, which are stocks, bonds, mutual funds. And there are plenty of CFPs who do get the license. Uh, think of it like layers. You could have the CFP only, or you could have the securities license only, or you could have both. And I've chosen just to have the CFP. I don't want the stress of being called at 3 a.m. because somebody sneezed the wrong way in China on their stock portfolio. So that was our own business decision. Uh, and certainly there's nothing wrong with going that route, but that's not the career path we took. Gotcha. Um, and the ne next question comes in. I actually majored in finance. I have a finance degree. Seems like the only jobs out there are financial advisor positions. Any other entry-level jobs in finance that you can think of for myself? Paraplanning is a great one. Uh, you know, we are hiring, uh, by the way. So just a heads up there, but you could get into paraplanning where you could do more technical analysis, where you don't have to sit in front of a person if you're not a people person. Uh, or you could certainly get into kind of the uh, CFA route. I'm a CFP, which is more of a people person, front-facing conversation. CFA, Certified Financial Analyst, uh, would be more of a uh, analyze the portfolios, do deep dives into the balance sheets of a business, look at the technical and fundamentals of a business, um, making decisions about around buy, sell, real estate. You can really dive deep into any industry with that CFA. That'd be a whole nother episode, Zach. But um, yeah, folks, hopefully that's helpful. Paraplanning would be a great start if you don't want to be a certified financial planner or just you know a financial advisor writ large. Gotcha. Uh, the next question comes in. You said something about fiduciary. What does that mean? Yeah, what a, what a word, right? $2 cocktail term there. Uh, it just means that uh, it's another regulated term uh, that means you're working on the best interest of your client. Now, that seems like such an obvious sentence. Who isn't? I know a lot of people who are not fiduciaries who I know are working in their client's best interest. And I know a lot of people who are called fiduciaries who are crooks. So again, it comes down to labels and are the labels important? Bernie Madoff was a fiduciary. Okay. So it doesn't matter what you call somebody, what really matter. And I, I strive to be the very best and work in my client's best interest. And I'm proud to hold fiduciary as part of my you know responsibility, but it still comes down to trust and care for the people you serve. And then the next question is, what has been some of your keys to staying in business for 10 years? Um, Parkinson's law, got to con conquer that in your business too. You know, don't spend more than your business makes and constantly evolve, uh, meaning find new ways to be successful and, and stay relevant in front of people. Your biggest problem is not money when you're starting a business. Your biggest problem is obscurity. So finding ways to get in front of people who you feel like need to know about you. And the last thing I'll say before I hush here is 
at first you might have to go find anybody, but as soon as you feel like you can try to niche down So don't be the generalist to everybody, be the specialist to the smallest group that you can possibly be and be the very best for that small group. Awesome. Thank you so much. Now, Mark, um, we talked a little bit about before the show, you've got some interesting things going on for, you know, I did have some questions on finance, so that might be a good segue to talk to you them about your show. Um, so can you talk about that other good things that you're doing as well as maybe some of the your links if somebody wants to follow you or get in touch with you? Okay, thanks. The podcast we put out each Friday is a great way to learn more about our strategies, how we uh, interface with the world. Uh, you know, you can learn how me as a small business owner, how I'm doing it, um, or you can learn about our financial strategies too, if that's of interest to you. It's at notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. And then we are hiring. Uh, we're hiring the financial advisor position. Uh, but guys, I got to say, we're starting training at the end of this month. So now's your chance, I guess. Uh, we're kind of starting to shut the doors on that. But if this is of interest to anyone, uh, just simply go to bit.ly. So that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash work L-G. That's work Lima Golf, work L-G. So bit.ly slash work L-G. You'll see our job description there. And if it makes sense, we can apply and say hello. Uh, and we'll post all these links as well um, into the the comment box too. Now, do you are you on social media, or is that simply on your website too? Yeah, just go to our notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. You'll see everything you need to find there. And we'll link to all this, guys, in the show notes, so you'll be able to get to that. And you know, for people out there that are say um, not sure, you know, there's nobody hiring. Well, guess what? we just had a guest to it. So um, if that's something that it's interest of you, definitely check it out. And so Mark, this has been so in such a great advice, so informal. I've learned a lot and I've really enjoyed our conversation today. We know you're extremely busy. You're running a business for goodness sake. So we appreciate your time and for you giving back today. Thank you. Thanks for all you do and peering into the lives of different careers. I, I've loved listening to a few episodes from your show, Zach. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much and have a happy new year. You too.